The following musings are the opinions and observations of the presenter and should in no way be considered official flight instruction. I am in no way condoning ignoring a checklist. So the checklist is integral to all of this. Grab a beverage and, uh, you know, put some pants on. It's a family show. Cross runway 13, runway 17, proceed straight out, air below 3000, clear for takeoff. All right, hi there. <laughs> it's airtime, a Sky Review podcast, episode three. I'm Don Jones. Hello, and welcome. It's going to be just me this time, and that's because I almost broke a promise to myself. I'll explain more about that in just a sec. But here we are, just sliding in at the uh, 11th hour. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about flows versus checklist, or flows versus checklist as to do lists. Right? And some mnemonics, memory devices. Those are pretty common in aviation. And I've made up some of my own. And there will be a written component to this podcast. There actually are show notes and, and other written components to all of the episodes. And that will be kind of the, the plan going forward. So whatever's talked about on here, you can go over to skyreview.us and find particulars in writing there so you don't have to panic about wait, how do i find that information because i'll make it available to you and if there's something i fail to put in the notes or in an article that was talked about or you just want to know more about it you can certainly hit us up we'll uh, accommodate you as best we can all right airtime a sky review podcast and don't forget, you can uh, get on the website. There's, all, there's several articles on there from my aviation antics over the years. Skyreview.us. All right. Well, whenever you listen to this, because obviously you can listen to it whenever, and it probably will be at some time uh, several days later, or years, for crying out loud. Nonetheless, I just mowed the yard, and uh, it's actually getting kind of late. I'm a little tired, so hang in there with me. I got my ice water over here and my... Uh, Hitler hair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, well, it's that I mowed the yard, and so it's the second shower of the day to get the quarter inch of dust off of my human person. So Hitler hair. Hitler hair. Ah, uh, geez. Okay. There's probably a meme somewhere, right? Anyhow, I just mowed the yard and trimmed and blored, and the wind was blowing a lot, so the, a lot of the dust, you know, when you turn in one direction, it blows back on you. Uh, I, yeah, I have been quite busy the last several weeks, uh, more than I had realized, I guess. I mean, I knew I had been busy, actually. Accomplished things, I think is what I mean. I actually have been busy enough. I haven't been able to fly, which I actually have an article about that on skyreview.us. Um, something about being grumpy. I don't know if you're that way, but and uh, it, after so many days go by, I start to get a little edgy. And I go out and fly, and it's just click. Everything's right in my head. Everything just goes back to good. <laughs> so there's that. Finally, though, Saturday, it was fantastic. I went out and did some maneuvers and did several landings, yeah, performance landings and things. It was just very therapeutic. And uh, it went really well. Um, you know, sometimes if I haven't flown in a while, I, you know, I go out and it's, it's like I'm exceptionally left-handed that time. Um, but this was not like that, and I think I know why. Um, I've been doing these breathing things and meditation. I got away from the meditation for a while 
yeah, you want to get grumpy? <laughs> uh, it seems to help me anyway. If you're prone to uh, any kind of anxious anxiety, any kind of anxiety bits like that, uh, in our world, I think there's a case to be made for meditation because um, everything is about constant engagement with your brain, and that's exhausting. And it's anti-focus and anti-concentration, which is exhausting. And the meditation kind of re helps reset that, or at least it seems to. That's my story. And that's my excuse why I think uh, I flew pretty good, even though it's been several weeks, you know. I was pretty happy with it. So what I do is, is I'm working on my certified flight instructor certificate. And so I don't get rusty with some of the maneuvers I'll ultimately be teaching. Um, obviously, first for the check ride, and then later on for real. Yeah, I do some of the maneuvers, you know, some of the, uh, like the chandelles and lazy eights. And, um, you know, I'll go out and do stalls and hammerheads. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not hammerheads. Um, stalls and what did I do? Oh, oh, well, steep turns, like commercial grade steep turns, things like that. And then just go out and do a power off, uh, one, a couple power off 180s and short field landings and and stuff like that. Because that stuff, you know, it just starts to atrophy. And it's a lot of fun. It's pretty fulfilling, too. And, and, and especially like the power off 180, if you keep that skill up, you've got, it's a that's a trick you've got up your sleeve for eventualities, which shall not be named. <laughs> so there's that. And, and so, yeah, so I got in the air, but that's the main point. Oh, <laughs> I um, I guess actually since the last episode, I did something interesting. Uh, I suppose it was the last time I flew, I believe. With, I was with another pilot and was in the right seat. And he and I kind of switched off some stuff. And I did a few landings from the right seat, a la eventual CFI jazz. Those went okay, too. Um, there was a little bit of a crosswind in the first three or first two. I don't remember how many I did now. Four, maybe I did four or three. Crosswind wasn't egregious or anything. They went okay. They went okay. Um, I will say, uh, he asked me, actually, the guy with me, he asked me, uh, as we're climbing out from the second one, he goes, so how many of these have you done? And, and I said, well, that was my first. Well, actually, my second. He was, oh, Wow. Uh, well, that's pretty good. So I felt pretty good about that. So yeah, so some right seat landings. You know, everything's backwards for crying out loud. And I'm left-handed. Or actually, you know what? I kind of like it because I am left-handed. In the left seat, my left arm is all smushed up against the, you know, the cockpit there, or whatever. It's not, you know, I feel a little boxed in. So this way, my left arm has a lot of room to uh, panic. <laughs> <laughs> flying from the right seat. So that's kind of cool. Now I will say it is kind of strange to have my right arm bound up. And um, in the flare, I found my elbow, you know, it's like I had to consciously go, no, no, no. I have to like kind of let make room for my arm to come back because I flare big. <laughs> Nose way up high. Stall warning horn just roaring. People running out of the hangar to see. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, okay. I jest. Anyhow, but, but yeah, so that was a little different and interesting, but, uh, but all in all pretty good, pretty good. Oh, uh, something else I was sitting down kind of prepping for this. I know it's, you're like, you prepped for this. My God, <laughs> try therapy. Um, oh, 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 I got real. Uh, this is pretty exciting. I got reacquainted with cloud. Ahoy. I've talked, I've heard people talking about it. I'm aware of it. And I say reacquainted cause way back, I mean, several years ago, I guess they were relatively new. 
I had downloaded the app and messed with it a little bit and then hadn't used it in years. And I actually don't remember, let's see, a few nights ago, something caused me to go seek it out. And I did. And I was blown away by how much they've expounded on that concept since. And pretty impressive. In fact, I got kind of carried away and I went into my foreflight and started pulling track logs off and dumping them into Cloud Ahoy and I'm kind of reliving some experiences, which was a darn lot of fun. And I got to say, one of them is uh, several years ago, I, I took an airplane out to uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico and got somewhat acquainted with a little bit of high altitude, uh, high density altitude. The, uh, the experience was eye opening and I'll just say there's a bit of difference between the academic study of high density altitude and you can pass the answers on the test. Yes. Check. No problem. But there are a few visual cues and things that happen that, um, you kind of have to be aware of. And that was one flight that I wanted to go back and look at and watch what I found find fascinating about cloud Ahoy is you can watch the airspeed indicator and altimeter and and, you know, you get um, feedback on your sync rate and things like that. And so that was kind of interesting because it's been several years and, you know, your memory starts to get a little fuzzy and your brain will fill in the gaps. And then what you think actually, what you think happened is starts to be different than what actually happened. And so there's a lot of value in that. It's like a, an Uber extension of your logbook, which is fantastic. Point of all that is to say, too, that I will certainly... Most likely, I can't think of a reason why I wouldn't incorporate that into my CFI antics because, wow, what a valuable thing. So I was pretty excited about that. Oh, and I almost forgot. Since we talked last, I got my advanced ground instructor uh, certificate. Yeah, I went over and took the test. And I have to say to my chagrin, there were exactly zero uh, rotorcraft questions on there. And I was a little disappointed because I found knowing about dissymmetry of lift kind of cool. And I was thoroughly ready to answer questions about the cyclic and the collective and the dissymmetry of lift and the helicopter's decreasing never exceed speed because of the retreating blade can stall. <laughs> I have to, I'm just, I have to re say it out loud because I'm not ever probably going to use that again. I don't foresee any reason why I would ever use that again. And so it's going to go away. <laughs> and the only, the only proof that I ever knew it will be right here. And that's why you're special. Okay, let's take a little break. I'll take a swig of water and get my wits about me. And we'll move on with these uh, flows and checklists and do lists and mnemonics a little bit. You know, grab a beverage and, um, you know, put some pants on. It's a family show. Hey there, welcome back. Airtime, a Sky Review podcast. It's episode three, and I am absolutely thoroughly bowled over by the fact that you're here. All right, let's get on with the uh, checklists versus do lists and mnemonics bit. Background Some years back, I, after I've been flying for a while, I became kind of frustrated with the stodgy way in which I oriented to the checklist, and I was committed to using it because I am very well acquainted with my forgetfulness as a human being. But I felt like something was missing. Ironically, I read about it 
not too long ago in some of my CFI studies, and I had not encountered this. And it was interesting because I had sort of discovered this myself just through sort of organic seeking uh, some other way. I'd uh, flown, by the way, with uh, different instructors over the years, and nobody ever really brought anything up about this, but I innately felt like something was off or missing about how to orient with the checklist. You know, after you move on from being really green, also flying with other pilots, uh, those particularly with a great deal more experience than I, including some former military aviators, former military fighter pilots, airline pilots, folks like that. And kind of seeing what they did, and it's like, wait a minute, they're they're doing that differently than I do. What the heck is that? Why? Why? What are they doing? They seem to orient to the checklist more gracefully. It was different. I just knew that. And I kind of wanted to know what that was. What I began to do, I began to observe the points in the, not really so much in the pre-flight, but more along the lines of once you get in the plane, buckle in and crank up the noisy combustion parts. And especially, I would say, at the run-up and pre-takeoff, those bits. I always felt like there was something missing. So I would hear people talk about the plan of what you're going to do if the engine quits on takeoff. And yeah, and, and then there's a lot of talk about people will uh, do go ad nauseum on the impossible turn and things like that. But, and, and, and yeah, okay. So I understand those parts and in a way they're almost conceptual and then nothing else. I mean, yeah, you push the damn nose over cause you can't keep climbing for crying out loud and you got to keep the wing flying. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a systematic way to consciously with intentionality and presence of mind, go through those steps of possibilities every time before you pull onto the runway, a system that is part of what you do every time. That's not on the checklist, really, not that way. So in my mind, it was sort of missing. And even parts of the run-up were sort of missing. I mean, like, I don't know. It, it seemed to flow weird. So I kind of worked it around where it flowed better. And uh, I used something I found on the internet. A lot of people use Blitz. Is that uh, not the end, but almost at the end? For instance, I've got a bunch of pages here. This is actually for some other stuff I'm working on. So, okay, here we go. Now, th this may seem like a bunch of mess, but... Here's what happens. You do the control checks and all those bits and the and, and the run up and all that. And there to me that's a really critical thing that you're doing. And and jumping back and forth down the checklist and probably having high probability of losing your place and things like that. That ain't great. And that's what I was trying to eliminate. And it's like this is real stodgy, something distracts you and you put the checklist down and where's the checklist and where was I on the checklist and and junk like that. So it turns out what these guys are using, um, a lot of guys are using flows. And I think the airlines do something like this. And it, it's basically a logical sweep around the cockpit in, in a logical direction. And I'm not going to get that specific because it is airplane dependent, right? Airplane particular. So whatever your aircraft is, there's some logical way in which you go from here and you work your way across and you cover all the things along that pathway. Now, I liked 
to have basically a pathway in my mind, which also would serve as a failsafe of not missing anything, or at least doing it fluidly without having to go from consciously observing it and thinking about it to reading something off a list and seeing the wrong thing on the list and then finding your place on the list. To me, that was very distracting and hampering, actually. So anyway, that's where you have stuff like cigar. And a lot of people use cigar. I didn't make that up. Controls, free and correct. Instrument set. Um, dropping my homework. Uh, gas, attitude, and run-up. Okay, so then that takes you to the next thing, run-up. Well, here's the issue. For the run-up, there was no mnemonic. I, did, I didn't have a mnemonic. While I run the engine power up, I'm standing on the brakes. I don't want to be having my head down, right, trying to read off a, a, a checklist. So I decided, okay, well, there needs to be a mnemonic for the run-up. And so I made one up, and it's insane. My cow vaporized a fat pig. I've told that to a few people sitting in the airplane while I'm doing it, and they just look at me. They don't actually respond with anything. They just look at me. I don't know. It works for me. So it's it's my cow vaporized a fat pig. Nothing for the A. Articles don't get any love. Okay. To mag check, carb heat, vacuum pressure, fuel pump, and prop cycle, if you got one of those. Now, they ain't nothing on here about cow flaps, if you, got, if you have those. So that's just an, an example. My cow vaporized a fat pig. For me, if the more ridiculous the mnemonic is, the higher the likelihood I'm going to remember it. And it'll kind of set up shop and, and, and work. So there you go. That's a crazy idea about that. Now, that handles that junk right there. And so you're it to go, basically. So then you go to the blitz. And this is a lot of stuff. But actually, once you get it down, it's really fluid. And, you know, blitz with two Ts. So it's boost pumps on, if you have those. Lights, instruments, transponder, takeoff time noted. And uh, I really like having that one. And then the last one, S for safety belts. Uh, doors, windows, closed and locked, all that jazz. Belt, harnesses, doors, windows, closed and locked is how I do it. Uh, back up to takeoff time noted. You know, some of these things with the uh, props and the, the boost pumps and things like that, you know, maybe your aircraft doesn't have those. You get a more advanced aircraft. Uh, it's cool because it's almost like the gumps check where, you know, you, you're flying a plane for a long time doing the gumps check that doesn't actually have retractable gear. But you still, you've already got that in your, in your flow in your mnemonic. So there's that. So that's kind of nice. Blitz with two T's. Now you're ready to go. We're going to take a little break here. I need a sip of water. And uh, and I'm going to do two cartwheels while we're taking a break. Coming up, I'm going to tell you the mnemonic I created for the pre-takeoff where all that critical junk about the engine quitting on the uh, on takeoff. On airtime, a Sky Review podcast. Okay, we're back on Airtime, a Sky Review podcast emanating from skyreview.us and available on the iTunes podcast app, Google Podcast, whatever they call it. <laughs> I don't know. That's a foreign land. And also, now, I recently added it on Spotify. Okay, we're talking about mnemonics and flows and stuff like that. And um, I will say on the flows, uh, again, that's airplane specific. Maybe you want to find in a structure and specifically bring that up. Maybe on their next flight review and go, hey, I want to work this out. I want to become like uh, slick and cool and live up to my aviator shades. Maybe you'll add some epaulets. Who knows? Okay, pre-takeoff. So we've done the cigar. We've done the run-up. And we've done the blitz with two T's. And we're ready to go. Everything's awesome. Good. Now, there are some other things to consider, which I alluded to, and we all know. Well, you know, almost always, the spinny bits keep going, and everything's fine. 
But if they don't, you really want to kind of be right there on the bubble with your mind and where you are. Yeah, it'll be surprising. But if you just thought about it a few seconds before, it's going to be some percentage less surprising. And there's only good in that. Here's what I came up with, and this is stupid. <laughs> it's Have Rat CD. There was a band, remember? They, their band but name was with two T's. This is just one T. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should change therapist. Okay. Have Rat CD. It was something else, but I changed it to make it more friendly. More family friendly? <laughs> Thank me later. Okay. Have Rat CD. So, and, and again, this will all be in print. I'm just discussing it auditorially. Uh, but all this will be in print, so you don't have to be panicking. Go, well, I gotta take notes. I mean, take notes if you want. But so the deal is have, have is heading. What's your initial heading gonna be? Your initial altitude you're going to, and your climb. You go on VX, VY. What you gonna do there? The E and have is engine failure on takeoff, and then that breaks down into rat. If you're on the roll, stop with max braking. Can't run my left. The A and rat after takeoff, the engine quits. Well, obviously, if you're that below that special altitude, you're going to land straight ahead or about 30 degrees left or right of straight ahead. See, the thing is, when you get into this, th these things sort of flesh out new things that you need to know. And obviously, there's one right there. What is that special altitude? If you don't know, you, you want to know. You, you don't want to wonder what that special altitude is. And I believe my understanding is the best way to do it, whatever you're flying, is to go out and try it with an instructor. You know, go out and test it. You know, you could go up to altitude and put yourself on an altitude floor and say, this altitude floor is, is the ground or pattern. Get with an instructor who can help you work that out. But, you know, you start it above that and you test it and find out if you can get back to your, say, key point to make a engine out landing easily enough and you'll figure out what altitude is just no joy and what altitude is okay the, the big variable that's going to sway is <laughs> literally it's going to be the wind so there's that i mean that's what happens these things sort of flesh out of having a clear path you realize oh wait here's another variable to look at not that we don't know that but it's one of those things that can just lurk it's kind of like that stuff in the back of the refrigerator that you own, you wouldn't claim it, but it's in there. Don't don't look that way. I we know it's the thing. It's back there. <laughs> 1986. Okay, uh, rat. Uh, the T and rat is um, is in. If we're above that special altitude, that's the turn back, and uh, and land. So there's that. And, okay, so the whole thing was have rat CD, and the CD is after you've gone through that engine failure on takeoff bit, your crosswind and its velocity. And the D, departure procedure, if you're flying one of those. Have your presence of mind about that. So that's that's a little bit of a peek behind the mnemonic curtain for me. And, and kind of along the spirit of flows. Because it, to me, that, that obviously that's going well beyond what's just on a pretty concise checklist. So, you know, this engine out bit. I mean, it's on another page of the checklist for emergencies. Well, you ain't got to flip back there in the, the 12 seconds, you know, oh, wait, you know, the, the spinny bits stopped and push the nose over. And where's that red page on my checklist? So this stuff puts it right there. The presence of mind, you can grab it and go. You're ready to throw the hammer. So that's the idea there. 
And some of the stuff I just kind of tooled up myself. And actually, I've got quite a few of these things, and I will um, make those available. Um, probably, I th what I'm going to probably do is kind of compile these and put them in a logical order, kind of like in a natural sequence of uh, A flight, and, and kind of lay them out that way. Maximum or maximal usefulness. How about that? Is that a deal? That seems reasonable, right? So that's, that's kind of the idea. But that's a peek behind the curtain. But So the whole point of that is to say, I started incorporating more of some of these other mnemonics and, and, and flows and things um, a few years ago. I have to say, it enhanced the enjoyment of flying pretty good. Because I felt more like I had a handle on some of the more serious, critical bits. But able to have a handle on them. Like, say, a grip, but not not a white-knuckle grip. A firm hand on it, rather than, hmm, well, I'm just going to shoot from the hip here and see if uh, see how it goes. And I do want to say this. I didn't actually mention this the whole time I've been talking about this, because I think there's an assumption that the presumption is you're a pilot, and otherwise you wouldn't have listened to all of this, probably. I would say I am in no way condoning ignoring a checklist. So the checklist is integral to all of this so the mnemonics you go through you follow that then at the end you follow that with the checklist and you go down the checklist seamlessly to verify you didn't forget anything in your flows and your mnemonics right that undergirds all of this that is in my mind i didn't mention it because an understood thing this, these things in no way replace the checklist because it's you can also get distracted in these flows and in these mnemonics as well there you, you almost have a set you have two layers so that if you get distracted in one so the checklist becomes it becomes a a checklist rather than a to-do list and it is after all called a checklist how about that and it adds fun i think all right i'm gonna wrap this deal up here in just a sec Hang on, don't take your lap belt off yet. We're going to flare and land, for crying out loud. And that's the most entertaining part, especially with me. And if you've ever flown with me, sorry. All right, we're back. Uh, going to wrap this thing up here. Airtime Episode 3, a Sky Review podcast. All uh, things emanating from skyreview.us on the great worldwide web. Don Jones. That's who I am, and uh, I'm an advanced ground instructor. I'm working on my certified flight instructor certificate. I have a commercial pilot license. Um, parting shots uh, coming up. Oh, oh, I will tell you this. So one reason I almost, uh, almost, um, I had planned to talk with, on, on this episode, I was going to be talking to my flight instructor who helped me with my commercial license when uh, she and I had a bird strike. A pretty, pretty dandy one. Uh, took out a big chunk of the windscreen right in front of my face. And uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. That was uh, last November. We were going to discuss that. Uh, she has actually given a presentation to the FAA uh, for some things she's doing. She incorporated the bird strike experience into her presentation. Anyway, we were going to discuss that, but it, it turns out, and mostly it was my fault, we were not able to get our schedules aligned. Uh, again, it was my busyness that was most of the issue there so hopefully on the next episode she'll be on that and that's what we'll have coming up and uh, my plans as far as uh, things to do i have got to get the spin endorsement done i need a spin endorsement for the cfi and i really want to do a little aerobatic training 
mm. uh, for myself. That might be a lot of fun. I mean, I don't need any more things on my plate and uh, or any other ways to spend money on aviation necessarily, or any more than necessary. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But that's kind of what's in my uh, at least the spin endorsement. Really, as soon as possible, I can go ahead and get that done. For crying out loud. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap it up here. By the way, we'd love to have you join the conversation. You can do that a variety of ways. You can uh, pop over to skyreview.us. There's a contact form on a contact page there. Uh, you can just email us, mail at skyreview.us. Um, in fact, if you would like to uh, hear me talk about a particular topic, it's not about me talking. I'll find somebody that knows some things, you know, and I'll talk to them. How about that? Uh, but if you'd like to delve into something or something that's always bugged you, I don't know. I like to dig into stuff, and it, it's a good likelihood I don't know about it either. <laughs> so we'll both get to learn, right? Anyway, mail at skyreview.us and uh, skyreview.us at large for all things. And don't forget, you can subscribe and get the episodes automatically on your whatnot uh, device you're walking around with at uh, the iTunes podcast app or uh, Google Podcasts. That's what it's called. Search. By the way, you search airtime, one word, and sky review. I think it'll come up with just airtime, one word, but airtime, airtime one word, and then sky review. Uh, and it'll come up on either one of those respective services. Thanks for listening. Ask questions, make comments, and uh, be nice. Everybody's got their dang troubles. Be nice. All right. Four five Tango outside into two and a half miles on the ILS one three full stop. Wind one three zero four runway one three, I land.